Yeah, okay. This is uh, BT with the uh, Tales from the Gemini uh, podcast. I'm, I'm called a podcast. I want to call it a podcast. But um, I guess it's a broadcast. Right? It's a podcast. You can kill the music. You can kill the music. The music's still in my ear. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, listen, it's my first one. I'm very excited about this, man. Uh, um, I did the first, uh, I did the first, uh, I, did, I was a guest for the uh, <clears throat> um, Gaze of Our Lives with Lisa Sears. And I talked to um, the producer, who's a great kid. Uh, do I, you mind if I call you kid? Uh, that sounds bad. Is that, con- is that condescending? Call him kid. Well, he's 18. But I sound like I'm, uh, I'm an older guy. Hey, talk to this one kid. But I talked to this guy. I loved his energy. And he goes, you know, this might be something you, uh, you might be interested in, and I definitely was. I'm always looking to, to try to up my game in, in this business. And so I figured, hey, why not? I've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. So that's my first one. I hope you guys like it. Like I said, it's called Tales from the Gemini, and I named it that because I'm a Gemini. Anybody that knows me knows when I talk, I'm all over the place. Like, like if I think of something, I go there. And then it's like, what was the original thought? What was the original idea I was talking about? And, you know, so it's like, that's what, that's who I am. I'm a Gemini all the way. You know, everybody knows the, the funny side. Some people see the serious side or whatever other side I have, which very few people see that. It's like, it's, it's like me and sleep. A lot of people think I, I don't sleep because I have so much energy. And I do sleep. It's just no one ever sees it. But um, so it's my first uh, episode. I'm very excited, man. I really am. I have a lot of topics to talk about, um, a little bit about myself. Anybody that doesn't know me, I'm a stand-up comic. I've been doing comedy for over uh, for a long time. It's been a long time. Um, so, like I said, I'm trying to up my game and doing whatever I do. And so, um, uh, some of my interests are comedy. I, I still love the game. I've been in it for a while, like I said, and I still love the game. I still watch I love watching new comics, old comics. And if you get a chance... And I know he's embroiled uh, in, in, in a lot of controversy. You got to watch Louis C.K.'s special. You go to his website, download. It's $7.99. And, man, that, it, he's still at the top of his game. I, I felt he was a little bit off. I felt he was a little bit off. But he's still, it's better than any other special on Netflix there is right now or any other special I've seen. It's definitely in the top three top four specials i just love louis c i he's my favorite comic right now and maybe and close to being all time all time i still got to go richard Pryor, but louis ck is probably in the top two i mean right now if i say favorite comics i gotta go louis ck dave Chappelle, bill burr and that you're splitting hairs there with dave Chappelle, bill burr and louis ck i mean there's those guys are top of their game after that, I mean, and no one give Kevin Hart the, uh, the credit he deserves. He's a good, positive comic. I like what he does. It's all about his family. It's great. Like I said, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Nobody comes back from a bad joke like Kevin Hart. And I always equate things to, to sports. So if you watch, like, uh, like boxing, and I always say Kevin Hart, and that one special he did, the one he did in Cleveland, which was probably his best special ever, it was so tight. Everything was just tight, and just jokes were just perfect. And he threw a joke, like if it's a boxer, he threw a joke that didn't work, but he bounced back. Like he was like, he threw a, like a left hook and it didn't work, but he came back with a right cross and you go, and you gotta be a comic to notice that like that joke bombed, but he came back so quick that you didn't even notice that. So Kevin Hart is great, but if I gotta pick, my favorite comic is definitely Louis C.K., Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, and no one, but as far as joke writing, it makes me laugh the hardest. No one makes me laugh harder probably than Mike Epps, and David Tell, those two, mate, they're just—it's funny for the sake of funny, and that's not even—and I'm not even taking a dig at at those guys at all. But I mean, Dave Chappelle makes a point in his comedy, which is great. I love—I love anybody who has social issues and and they attack him and how he does that. It's beautiful. But if you just want to laugh for the sake of laughing, to what I think comedy should be. You can't beat Mike Epps and David. Mike Epps looks like he's making that up on the spot. And you go, did he write this at all? But it's it's a le- and David Tell, I think best joke writer in the business. So if you get a chance, watch comedy special. And I started this. This is this is a, a perfect example of me being a Gemini. I st- I was going to start by talking about the coronavirus, and then I just talking about being a comic, and then I had to go with the comedy special to watch, which is Louis C.K. special on Louis C.K.'s website, LouisCK.com, and. Uh, it's comedy specials I've watched, which I think are good right now. Uh, you watch David Te- uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, Mark Twain Award. Very hilarious. And when uh, when Neil Brennan comes out to uh, basically come out and, and say how he feels about Dave and does a little time, hilarious. They have a great story. Dave, Dave Chappelle has a great joke. 
that that he called he called Neil on and said um, that he was watching a thing on slavery and he goes, "You think slaves beat their kids?" <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Only Dave Chappelle could come up with something like that. Incredible. So if you get a chance, watch that Dave Chappelle, uh, David Tell. Like I said, some of my favorite comics with bumping mics with Jeffrey Ross. But right now, watch the Louis C.K. special. And I know people are gonna uh, get mad about what Dave, uh, I mean, what Louis C.K. did. And I understand. I really do. I understand. It's almost like liking Louis C.K. now. It's almost like being telling somebody you're a Trump supporter, and you're gonna get that automatic like, "Uh, really? How could you like that guy?" And it's like because I listened to Tom Brady interview with Howard Stern. And he was telling how uh, Trump was a uh, he's been friends with Trump for years. And I, I get that now, because in the beginning, the way he came out, the way Trump came out in the beginning of this election, whatever, before he got elected, he came out so strong and so raw. And he kind of had to do that. And it really polarized people. And I mean, we're still polarized from that. I mean, maybe even more so than the than this virus. And so if you say you like him, it's almost polarizing. And, and honestly, most African-Americans, if you say if you're white and say you're a Trump supporter, they automatically think racist, which I think is so it's too easy. And I don't think it's true. And I always and I had this as a joke. I said, look, not all Trump supporters are racist, but all racists are Trump supporters. <laughs> and I always said that. And I don't think that he, I actually don't think he's a racist at all. I think he knows how to play his audience is what I think. And I don't know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to get to politics. And this is, like I said, this is a perfect example of me being the, the, the Gemini that I am. I didn't want to go down these paths, but I'm already down there. So you might as well kind of talk about it. So, um, what was I talking about? Yeah. And so I'm, it, liking Louis C.K. now is almost akin to that in, in the sense of, like I said, I like Louis C.K. What he did was wrong. And even he says it's wrong. He addresses that in his special, what he did. And it was wrong what he did. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, was it sexual? I mean, look, the women came to, it, uh, to his room on their accord. Okay. And they could have left any time because if you, if you top, stop somebody from leaving a hotel room, that's technically kidnapping. You can do five to ten. Don't ask me how I know that. You can technically do five to ten on that. Uh, so he, they could have left at any time. And like I said, is it wrong? Of course it's wrong. But at the same time, they could have left. And uh, to correct me if I'm wrong, he may have did it at work also, which that's it's an abuse of power is what it is. And like he said, it's wrong. And he's owned up to it. Like what more do people want from somebody? If they admit they did a wrong and they've been punished for it, what more do you want from them? I mean, it's like, it's like when somebody does time, if, 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 they, if you've been convicted of a crime and you've done your time, hey, it's, it, let bygones be bygones. Unless you murder somebody, then it's like, okay, I, I kind of get that. But for the most part, what he did technically, and it wasn't against the law, really. I mean, is it, was it bad? Yeah, it's bad, but it wasn't against, there's, there's a lot of things that are bad, but it's not really against the law. I mean, it's like being racist. You could be racist. It's not against the law to be racist. Obviously, it's not against the law to be racist. But and it's not really against the law. I mean, you'll get some crass looks. But eh. so that's the way I look at that. But you still can't deny this guy's greatness. Watch his special if you get a chance. Watch it with an open eye. And like I said, he addresses this. That's the mark of a great comic. They address that controversy. That's the elephant in the room. They address that. And he moved on. So I thought it was a great special. Loved it. Um, and I think I still want to talk about that. Like I said, I, li I like Louie, and I'll, I'll stand by Louie. And I, I think he's like the best comic there is right now or in the last five, six years. I, I, that's the way I personally think. Anyway, so I'm going to get back to the original, what I was going to talk about in the original. Yeah, originally was talking about the, this virus. And it's like, I don't know, is anybody else depressed? I mean, how's your mood? Because when this first hit, let me tell you something. Like, I'm not the brightest person in the world, and I said, I'll say that in a minute. And I, and I, a perfect example is that was, I was talking to my producer about. Uh, he goes, "How long do you want to do this?" And I said, uh, "He goes, you want to go 50 minutes?" I go, "Nah, I don't, uh, let's go." And then I think he said like 30. And he, I go, "Let's just split the difference. I'll do 45." That's not splitting the difference. Between 30 and 45 is not splitting the difference. That's only five more minutes. That's only five minutes. And I sincerely meant that. So I'm not the brightest guy in the world. But I remember it was back in January. And I, I remember this. I was getting off a plane. I was in L.A. I was flying the West Coast. And I, was, and I went from Chicago to L.A. And I remember seeing this report that said this person has this virus. And they went through Chicago and Los Angeles. And I immediately thought, we're done. And I remember, I remember going, we're done because once somebody travels with the virus and this is the time and this was before everybody remember when everybody was like oh, it's bullshit it's just a flu it's bull and it's like and i just remember going i want to tell somebody just, just shut the fuck up 
because it's, it's more than that. And I knew it was going to be more than that. And if you fly with the condition and you're in that tube and then you go someplace, I mean, you're infecting these other people and then you're in an airport. And I mean, people are nasty anyway. And what was funny is people like they didn't want to wash their hands anyway. Like, well, I got to wash my hands. Are you serious? I got to practice hygiene. Like, who doesn't want to be clean? I, that's what always amazed me when like nobody who uh, people get mad. They have to wash their hands. I mean, that tells me a little bit about you. Like, if you, if you got mad about, I got to wash my hands now, yeah, never invite me over your house to eat. Cause I, I kind of know how you live now. I, I mean, so I knew we were in trouble when that happened, and I just remember leaving. Uh, I was on a cruise ship, and I remember leaving, and I go, you know what? I think we're going to be done. And I and that was in February, and I did this. And I was, remember I was in Waco, Texas, and that was when the virus was really kind of like gaining steam. And I was on stage every night going, and I couldn't get a new joke. I was trying to work this new joke about the virus. And I go, you guys worried? And they were like, no, it's bullshit. And I was like, now look where, and I was like, okay. And look where we are now. So, but I will say that the positive part is the parking is great. I mean, I'm parked up front. I mean, it's like noon in Indianapolis. I'm doing this from Indianapolis. I'm like noon. And the par the parking is, I mean, I still get charged for parking, obviously. I mean, some people that don't take time off. But this is, gr I mean, that's kind of the positive part of it. I mean, this virus is bad. But the positive part is, I mean, the roads aren't really as crowded. I mean, there's really no rush hour traffic because ain't nobody going nowhere. Um, everybody's a little bit nicer. And honestly, like, I I've seen, like, families get together to ride in bicycles or so, I mean, that's the positive part. I mean, granted, you got the bad part of people dying and all this stuff and, and disproportionate amount of African-Americans dying and old people dying. But, hey, you know, it, things are less crowded. I mean, eh. so anyway, um, the positive part is uh, I do a lot of, like anybody else, do a lot of watching TV. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, Netflix specials, uh, Netflix, Hulu, and I was going to give you guys some suggestions on what to watch. I've been watching... As far as Netflix goes, I like to watch documentaries, okay? Uh, Documentary-wise, man, if you guys get a chance, and I'm a, I'm a, if you guys know me, you know, I'm a race fan. I love racing. I grew up racing. I, I'm originally from Oklahoma. I tell people I'm a black redneck. I drive a pickup truck, uh, ride motorcycles. I love rock and roll music. All I need is a CB radio and a Confederate flag. I'll be a black redneck. And that's, I've always said that, and it's the truth. Anybody that knows me knows. I, I, I mean, my truck, has, and this is the, 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 the mentality I have. My truck has 400,000 miles on it. 400,000. My goal is to get a million. If I get 500,000, it'd be a miracle. But I want to get I want to get at least 500,000, but I want to get a million miles on my truck. It's a 99 GMC Sierra. If GMC's listening, I would love a new truck. If GMC's listening, you made a great truck. All I had to do was I replaced the engine I had to. But I replaced the engine at 4 at 399,000. But that was my fault. I didn't put oil in in the truck. So that was my fault. The engine was okay until I forgot to put oil in it. And uh and I had a new transmission put in, and that was a, I forget what mark that was. So this truck has been a great truck, 400,000 miles. I, I'm trying to get a million right now, and I have no retirement plan, but this is this is my mentality. I want to get a dirt bike. I really do. That my, my big goal right now is to get a dirt bike. I want a dirt bike. So that's my plan. I want to get a dirt bike. And uh, so I can carry and so I can put it in my 400,000 mile truck and take it to the woods and just ride. Cause that, that's my mentality. I'm not a bright man. So uh, yeah, I got an 18 year old telling me about stock options. Like, really? What should I do? What should I invest in? I mean, and he's 18. Like my producer's 18. So he's telling me that's how not bright I am. But that's just who I am. Um, but uh, anyway, Netflix, if I give you guys a chance to, uh, of documentaries to watch on Netflix, uh, if you're a racing fan like me, I'm a big Formula One fan. Watch Drive to Survive Season 2. That is great viewing. It's about for if you don't know what I'm talking about, Drive to Survive season one. It's all about Formula One, and it's great because they don't really show the big teams. They show the the mid level teams, which is great because that way, because people always take like entertainment. They think I make a lot of money. They think I make a lot of money because I'm oh you're a comic, you must make this much money. No, you're only looking at the big comics. The old big comics, yeah, they're they're flying private planes, everything. Everybody else, man. Hey man, we're struggling like anybody else. We really are, just to to because everybody's coming up, new comics coming up, and you got to get out with the old and with the new. I get that, but we're still. And here's the thing about comedy: you're better as you get older because you got more experiences to to look back on and to talk about. But everybody wants that new energy. Like I tell my producer, he's 18. He got that new energy. I love that that, that energy that I can't mess with. And he's laughing now, but it's the truth. I love that energy about you, and I want to be that because you know you get you get a little older and you get set in your ways. 
I mean, where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and, and it's, it's horrible, but you kind of get a pattern going. And I always try to live my life without a pattern, you know, which, which I think is good. Like, if you walk in my room right now, actually, I, I guarantee you, Producer Wyatt, that your room probably is more grown up than mine. I have a motorcycle poster on my room as a grown man. If you walked in my room and didn't know who I am, you go, how old is this kid? You would say that, like, no, he's a grown man. No, no, he's a 50-year-old grown man. You bullshit. No, he's a grown man. I literally have a motorcycle poster on my, on my wall. I have a, a flat screen TV, that's, but my roommate put that up. I have, yeah, I'm, I'm like 50 going on 19, and I swear to God I am. I go to bed late. I eat late. I eat like Doritos at 2 o'clock in the morning. Who does it? I drink coffee. I literally drink coffee at 3 o'clock in the morning. I, I don't know. Like I, if, yeah, there's a famous saying, what age would you be if you didn't know what age you are? And I always say, I think I'd be back 23. I mean, I guess that's how I, that's how, how about you, you, Wyatt? Well, you're 19, so you don't have anything. No offense, you're 18, 19, right? Yeah. So you have anything, nothing to base it off of. So it's like it, asking you that, it, yeah. it, it's a mute point because everything's good, great in your life. Yeah. I mean, no, no offense, if you're 18, being, I just remember being 18 and I couldn't, I, I grew up in Muskogee, Oklahoma. I'm an Okie from Muskogee and I swear to God, I am. the song by Merle Haggard, if you guys look it up, it's an old country song, proud of being Okie from Muskogee. And I mean, I couldn't wait to leave. I remember being 18. And this is what I thought we talking to him about the virus was that it, it deprives a lot of kids. I feel bad for the kids. It deprived like a prom. It deprived them walking across the graduation stage. But saying this now, that's all overrated. I mean, the prom, I didn't want to go to my prom. I did it for my mom. I mean, I had a wrestling tournament early that day. I had a freestyle wrestling tournament that day. And I didn't want to go, but I knew it was going to hurt my mom's feelings. So I went anyway. And I knew I didn't have a chance to get laid. I mean, I was a dork in high school. I mean, seriously, I was a dork in high school. All I wanted to talk about was wrestling. And that's all I did was wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. And girls, that I mean, I have the same kind of energy now, which is kind of cool because when you're older, you know, you kind of drag a little bit. So people talk to you, you go, oh, my God, you got so much energy. But when you're 18 and you have this kind of energy and it's, it's so frantic, people are like, man, what is wrong with this kid? So girls didn't like Girls don't like goofy and a lot of energy. They like this real cool dude. Especially when I grew up. I grew up like in the 80s, man. So it was a time around, you know, it was just that kind of like you posture up to a girl like, yo, girl, what's up? Damn, you look good, girl. And I come on, hey, let me tell you, I got a wrestling tournament. You want to come watch me wrestle? And they were like, get away from me now. <laughs> if there was pepper spray back in my day, I would have been pepper spray. <laughs> so, so all I thought about was wrestling, man. My whole goal, my whole goal in life was getting out of Oklahoma. When I grew up, that's a true story. My whole goal was just get out of Oklahoma. So I, I went to the, I went to my prom for just for my mom and I, I took a picture with this girl and I, I honestly I don't remember seeing her at all in school throughout my high school years I never saw this girl only time I saw this girl was on prom night and she had a date and I go and I went up to her date I go hey man can I ask her to take a picture with me it's for my mom and you don't understand how what, the, the dynamics of that especially back in those days you ask think about that you ask another dude especially a black dude you ask another black dude with his woman and I go hey man can I take a picture with her it's for my mom. And he was like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's, it was, un I mean, you don't do that. I mean, that's, that's grounds for a fight. Yo, bro, let me take a picture with your woman. I mean, seriously, that's what I did. And we took a picture. I said, thanks. And I let her go. I didn't talk to her since. And I, th I think I've talked to her once after we took that picture. I only took a picture with her just so my mom would go, oh, my God, you look great. And and I had a, I had a white suit on. And it, it, it's typical Oklahoma in 1980. It was a white suit. And our prom thing was loving every minute of it by Loverboy. I don't know if you remember Loverboy, but Lover, but Loverboy in the eighties. I, I love Loverboy in the eighties. They they were they had that 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 eighties keyboard sound, sound like a Casio. That thump, bump, 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 bump. you know every sound in the eighties, like Madonna, you know, holiday. Everybody had that eighties sound. You know what eighties song when you hear it because it got that that kind of cheesy kind of sound. And there, and white girls had the big poofy hair, and black girls had the the hair they had. <laughs> <laughs> that was and and so and and Mexican girls we never had any Mexican girls there so if they did they had the the long straight hair and and that was the the 80s were so ostentatious but I loved it well I had no you know I had nothing to base it off of so it was real everything was out there in the 80s and I just remember taking a picture with her I had this white suit on with uh, with white shoes on we call them bucks we, <laughs> I like typical Oklahoman I mean if you could picture a, a country boy who had no coof about him. That was me in, uh, in my prom. And I remember taking a picture with her and just for my mom. And I said, okay, thanks. And she went back to her boyfriend and, and I just uh, waited for the picture to come out and I took it to my, see mom, look, my prom. She said, Oh, did you have a good time? I remember coming home. Like, I think I came home at like my, I still had a curfew at midnight when I was in 
in high school, a senior in high school, and my curfew was midnight. Yes, how was I going to get late? So, you know, what, what girl is going to sleep with you at 1030 on a Friday or whatever? So anyway, so I just remember I had a curfew, except for on prom night. I think prom night, like I came in like at 2 or 3 in the morning. Oh, I was wild on prom night. I was crazy. But I came in like at 2 o'clock in the morning because after the prom, I think you went and got dressed. You went home and got dressed, and then you went to a movie because they didn't want kids out you know, getting drunk or getting late. So we went to a movie. It's Oklahoma. It's a small town in Oklahoma. So we went to the movies. And I think they had the movie theater just for just for our prom people. And uh, I just, you know, I remember my prom. I remember, like, it was, like, uh, the way our school was. And it's weird now to talk about it now, but it's just the way it was. It was, like, so they had a band there. And the band was playing, and nobody was dancing to the band. Nobody. So when the band took a break, all the black kids would say, hey, play this. They went to a DJ and say, hey, play this. So the DJ played like, you know, Houdini, whoever was an LL Cool J, whatever. And, you know, 80s R&B, like uh, maybe Tony, Tony, Tony. And so all the black kids went out and danced during the band's break. I mean, everybody was jamming, having a good time. You know, remember LA, LA Dream Team? Ladies and gentlemen, the Dream Team. Everybody would come out and dance, and then the band would come back, and then the dance floor emptied. And, the, and there was nobody on the floor when the band, the rock band came on, and they start playing. Nobody was out there. And then when the band took a break, all the black kids would come out and start dancing. And then the white kids, they did like the black kids. They like to dance too. And so they were dancing and the band came on and nobody ever danced to the band. That's all I remember. And and then we went home and then we went home and changed and we went to a movie theater. They they I think they rented it out for us. We watched some cheesy ass movie. And I remember my mom was like, Did you have a good time? And I was like, Yeah, mama. And I wanted to say, No, I didn't. It was but I didn't want to hurt my mom's feelings. I mean, we weren't really getting along that well, but I was like, yeah, I had a great time. She's like, oh, and she was so happy. I didn't want to break, you know, I didn't want to break my mom's heart, you know what I mean? And, and I didn't want a whooping. I think my mom gave me a whooping up until I was in 10th grade, I think. I think 9th grade, 8th or 9th grade was my last whooping, whooping, whooping. So I remember that, and I just remember like, eh, and I remember I couldn't wait to get the hell out of Oklahoma. And I remember, I honestly remember, uh, because I, it was like a Bible Beltish. That was back in the day you didn't really question religion, especially growing up in, you know, Oklahoma, Bible Belt, Oklahoma, whatever. I mean, I need, now I see the hypocrisy behind all of it now, more so than ever. I mean, back then I did also. But growing up, I, growing up I did. I just didn't question it out loud. But I, but I knew it would push people's buttons. And I remember we had a substitute teacher during the last week of, the last week of uh, school. It, the, when you're a senior, I was talking to my producer. Oh, I, he's a senior. When I was a senior in high school, that is the best time ever because you know you're going to graduate. You, know, you, you take that last test, but who gives a shit? You're, you're getting out of here anyway. It's, it's almost like being in jail and you know you're going to bail out so you don't give a damn. You're talking shit. So I remember we had a uh, substitute teacher. She goes, so what do you want to do when you, uh, for, for a living? What, what do you want to do when you get out of here? And I, I knew it was going to push her buttons. I said, you know what? I want to go to L.A. and be a porn star. And she was like, you are the devil. And I just remember saying that and watching the reaction on her face. And mind you, at that time, I hadn't even seen a porno at all. But I I thought it would be something fun to say. And I said that, and they were like, and I liked that reaction from people. And I I love that reaction. And I just, I remember couldn't wait to get out of Oklahoma. I went to junior college, and that was like, and I couldn't get out yet. Then I transferred to the University of Oklahoma. And then it was like, after that, when when they gave me that diploma, it was like, it was like the warden giving you like, okay, here's your parole. Good luck. And I left Oklahoma. I never looked back. And I remember my brother saying the funniest thing I've ever said was we were at the dinner table and I was just sick of, and I just remember I told my brother, listen, if I have to go to Alaska, you, I'm getting the hell out of here. And to this day, he said, that's the funniest thing I've ever said because he knew I couldn't wait to leave. And my whole family knew that. And they're still in Oklahoma. I'm the only one that left. I think I'm the only one that left Oklahoma for good, for good, for good. Like I go back to see my parents where I love seeing, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, see, I told you, Jim and I talking about um, one thing from my Netflix experience. I'm talking about growing up in the prom and not getting late. Anyway, so uh, Drive to Survive season two, Netflix. Watch that if you like racing. Even if you don't like racing, give it a shot. It's it's so well done. It's like greatness. Even if you're into a sport, you gotta love greatness. Anyway, so Drive to Survive season two is great. The Ronda Rousey story documentary. It was a guy who was a, it was a former boxer, and he did a documentary on Ronda Rousey. And it's funny because he asked her questions, but the camera's on him a lot, too, where he asked her question, and he's, like, brooding, like, so, Ronda, when you grew up, and he's, like, like, the camera's on him, like, okay, who's this documentary about? Anyway, it was a decent documentary. They could have they edited a lot of that documentary out, I mean, especially her growing up. And um, there's a scene in the movie about her. She, I, 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 I admire everything about Ronda Rousey, I really do, but... It's like a typical, she's, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's great, she's a great, she's a hot chick, and she's not really funny, but people laugh because, you know, she's hot, and she can kick ass, and like, oh my god, you're so funny, man. 
but there's a scene she's moving out of her house in Venice, and that scene went way too long. It's like 10 minutes and went way too long. So, um, Ronda Riley's story, it's okay, decent story. Um, and here's the one where I'm gonna lose you guys on. I, I'm really into cycling now. I, you know, anybody knows me, I love motorcycles and I love riding my bicycle. There's a documentary, it's all in Spanish, it's called The Least Expected Day. It's about the uh, the inside the movie star, uh, uh team, movie star team and uh and bicycle racing cycling like the tour de france and the tour de france it's like it's like the top team there is in inside it's like they're like the new england patriots basically of uh, bicycle riding so and it's all in sub it's all in spanish all got subtitles let me tell you something watch movies watch all my netflix movies i watch are in spanish and another language but it forces you to focus if you're if you're out of your element and this is what i kind of like this is what this coronavirus is doing but it forces people to get out of their element you know, like they're uncomfortable, which I think is good because you're uncomfortable. You're going to remain focused. It's kind of like if you're driving through the hood. OK. Right. And you, and you don't say you make a wrong turn. Remember before GPS and you're going to a bad neighborhood, you go, oh, shit. Then you're like, you're focused. And if you're going through a nice neighborhood or whatever, you're like, ah, life is good. Good day. But if you're going through a bad neighborhood, like, uh oh, there's a liquor store. OK, there's a guy on the corner talking to himself and he's got a OK. Now you're all in because you got to be watched like, OK, is somebody going to hit me over the head with a with a monkey wrench or whatever. You're all folk. You got to know where you're at at all times. That's what it's like watching the Spanish movie because you have to read subtitles and also watch what's going on. And I love that, man. And let me tell you, it's about and I like cycling because it's, it's a hard sport. It's harder than people give it credit for. Like I always tell people, you crash on a motorcycle if you're protected. You're okay. You're going to get hurt maybe, but you still got your leathers and everything. You crash on a bicycle, man. That is it. And a lot of people, a lot of cyclists die. People don't realize that. And the whole special is they're watching like the behind the scenes and, and how, how, you know, how bitches people can be. And I just remember, and I'm going to sum this up. The whole documentary is like there's the, the support car is, is riding behind the riders and the guy, they got the microphone as he got the microphone. And he's talking to the riders on their headset and the whole thing is vamanos, 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 vamanos. And this one guy was so sick of him. He pulled the, the headphone out of his ear. You know, he was like, la you could tell he was so pissed off at the guy. Like it was, it's all the whole set special is vamanos, vamanos, vamanos. You could do it. Vamanos, vamanos. And the guy just got sick of it and went up the hill without him. Like, I don't need this bullshit. And just went up the hill and he won and he won his stage of the race. But you got to watch it. I think it's really good behind the scenes. I watch a lot of things behind the scenes. I like athletes because I always secretly, I still want to be an athlete secretly. That's my fantasy. My fantasy never involved like women and, 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 and sex and stuff. Like my, my fantasies have always involved being an athlete, man. Like I wrestled growing up and I still, to this day, when I watch the NCAA wrestling championships, I'm always like, I'm, I always stand up and I'm doing this. Like, I got to get this first takedown. And I'm like, what am I doing? I mean, I'm 50 years old. I'm, I gotta get this first take. I gotta, but that, that's what sports does to me. So it's like, I still that that's my fantasy. I still want to be an athlete. I still honestly, my fantasy is still. I still want to race the Indy 500. I still want to do a race race. I mean, I want to race go karts. Go karts is probably the reality. But the fantasy is race the Indy 500 and win the Indy 500. Like a Cinderella story, man, come out of nowhere winning. So, uh, watch that. The, the least expected day inside the movie star Honda team. Uh, movie star team 2019. That's a good. One. The game changers. Everybody knows about that. That's about. Uh, uh, how athletes become uh, on a plant-based diet, which is what I do. Get a chance to watch that. Um, and that's on Netflix. Also on Netflix, if, if you guys are watching the series, watch Ozark season nine. I mean, season three. Ozark is great TV. Jason Bateman is underrated as an actor. He directs some episodes. He's underrated as an actor. He does everything. He does, he does comedy. He's a great, and he, he's so snarky. But he's fun. Jason Bateman can't he can't be faded, man. He directs some episodes. He's great. Laura Linney, his wife, is great. But let me tell you something, man. They uh, Laura Linney has a character. Uh, her this guy plays her brother named Ben. He comes in. He comes in in season, uh, episode two, and he and Austin and I thought it was great because he he's a uh, bipolar and he's uh, and he falls in love with uh, uh, what's her name uh, the, the the hillbilly the hick uh, what, what's her name uh, Ruth. Ruth, and she plays that character. She, she always like this. Let me tell you something. You need to get the fuck out of this casino. Like, you ever see? You need to get the fuck out of this casino. And she is awesome. And I and I thought to myself, like, you know what? And before they even fell in love, I go, you know what she needs? She needs to get a dick down. That's what I thought. She needs to get a dick down. And and then she fell in love with him. And it's perfect because there's two they're two scarred characters together, and that works perfectly. And she still lives in a trailer. How do you work at a casino and still live in a trailer? But anyway, she would she worked it. She lives in a trailer. She falls in love with Laura Lenny's characters, her brother. Falls in love with her brother, but he's crazy. And he and and 
he made a mistake and he has to go. And let me tell you something. The the, the actor's name, I want to get the actor's name because he is great. The actor's name who plays Ben and, uh, is uh, Tom Pelfrey. And let me tell you something. He does a monologue at the beginning of episode nine. Oh, my God. You got to watch this. It's so right on. If you like I said, I grew up in it to me, Missouri, Oklahoma, Arkansas. It's the same bunch of people. I mean, they get mad. I've, I've done comedy in Arkansas. I go and they go, man, people from Oklahoma, man, you guys were backwards. I go, really? That's what we tell about you people. I mean, so it's the same people, Missouri, Oklahoma, Arkansas. They're interchangeable. Tennessee. It's the same people, pee people. So he does his he does his monologue and it's so spot on. I mean, you got to watch it. And, he, and Laura Linney, there's a scene playing out, and she knows it has to be done. It's her brother. And you see what's going on in her head. And my acting teachers always say, everything's a lot of cerebral. you got to see what's going on. And it's played to perfection. Ozark season three, man, watch it. And if you haven't watched Ozark at all, watch season one. Watch them all. This is great. I, honestly, I could have done without the sex scene with the young kid and the older woman. You know, the older woman had to kill her husband. The, I call her the, the hillbilly scarecrow because that's exactly what she looks like. Like, ugh. And it was like, it's like a 19-year-old kid, and he's like kissing, and she's got to be in her, like, a hard 40s. Like, she's in her, like, you know, like, people are at hard 40s. There's 40 in there that say, oh, my God, like, what happened to you kind of 40? Like, man, what the fuck? What kind of life did you live? You know, those people? You know those people, like, they're supposed to be young, but they look really old, and it's not even drug-induced old. You go, man, what the fuck happened to your life? And that and that sex scene that was hard to watch sexy and there was even boobs in it and I was like nah I'm good you know I'm, you know how disgusting it is when you see a woman like thinking nah I'm good I mean I almost fast forward through that anyway you got to watch Ozark season three that's great and Hulu if you get a chance watch Atlanta Atlanta is the most underrated I can't even call it a sitcom it's a comedy drama it, it's uh, Daniel uh, Donald Glover did that and it's season two let me tell you something the one of the greatest episodes in it's like I said sitcom but one of the greatest episodes ever is Alligator Man and I think it won an Emmy for that and that's what Cat Williams and Cat Williams I think won an Emmy for watch Alligator Man that, that might be the best piece of comedy or uh, sitcomish episode that I've ever seen ever Alligator Man Hulu on Atlanta. Watch Atlanta. And, and, and if you claim you're woke, which I'm so glad that's over. I hated that woke shit. But if you claim you're woke, watch Atlanta. Okay? You can't be woke and not watch Atlanta. Watch Atlanta. You got time. You ain't doing shit. Watch Atlanta. Atlanta is one of the greatest series ever. Atlanta, Ozark, and also Apple TV. Watch the morning show. I've just been watching this. It gets a little boring at times, but watch the morning show. Reese Witherspoon plays this hick out of West Virginia. That's redundant. But watch it. That's the last place I almost got in a fight was West Virginia. I was on stage, and this guy, we had, we had words. And me, I'm the nicest guy I know. I really am. I take too much shit off of people. I really do. But I just go, eh, I, I let it ride, which is bad because I let it build up and I take it out on the wrong people, but I let it ride. And anyways, me and this guy almost got in a fight. I was on stage and I jumped off stage. Me, I jumped off stage and I was going to punch this guy and the bouncer came in and kicked the guy out. But anyway, so West, she plays this hick from West Virginia and she goes to the big time in New York and she's like, and she plays, Reese Witherspoon plays this character perfect and she becomes on the, it's like basically like if, uh, you say somebody, you know, from the woods or whatever, and they, and, and they get to be on the big time. That's what she's, she's on the big stage, on the Today Show, basically, with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Who, Jennifer Aniston plays a role perfect. And Steve Carell plays, he, got, he gets, uh, that's how it opens up. He gets fired for sexual harassment, and it's all about the Me Too movement kind of in the first ep couple episodes. Watch The Morning Show on Apple TV if you get a chance. Also, Apple TV, watch the movie The Banker with Sam, Sam, um, uh, Sam Jackson. Um, um, Sam Jackson and what's his name? And, um, Anthony Mackie. Oh my God, Sam Jackson. I, I don't think he said motherfucker uh, uh, doing uh, doing that movie at all. And that's what Sam Jackson's known for. Watch The Banker. The Banker is great on Apple TV. That's a great movie. I can't help but watch movies like that. And, and if you don't know what it's about, it's a true story about this banker. He wanted to go back and purchase a bank in his home state of Texas, and he was they were kicking ass in L.A. And it was so racist that they had to get a white dude to front for him. Uh, to get these properties for them, these real estate properties, and they were in the background actually doing the full, the real work. Well, it word got out that it was actually black dudes buying the property, and, it, and especially when they were in Texas, and it ruined those guys. They had to go to prison for that, man. I mean, that's that's so it, it was hard. It's hard to watch something like that and without getting mad. But man, Sam Jackson was perfect. Anthony Mackie's great. If you get a chance, watch The Banker on Apple TV. So. 
that's wow. I'm almost done. And like you said, man, I should have done 50. I should have done 50. But I'm, but I'm, I mean, I'm still talking. But I. Oh, I, I am. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. I, it's going pretty well, too. Yeah, yeah. You think so? Yeah, really well. Okay, well, thanks. I know that was weird for the people who be watching that I'm actually talking to you, but no, I mean, no. I'm, I'm not going to hide behind the fourth wall. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, that's just who I, like I said, it's the first one, and I hope I keep you guys engaged. And also, it's funny because I haven't talked about it yet. My love of my life right now is, well, for the past, I moved to Indianapolis in 2006 from L.A., and things weren't working in L.A., and I felt like such a loser, I was, and I was so depressed, whatever. But then I fell in love with MotoGP when, when Speed TV was on. Speed TV was the greatest channel ever. And they had, it was uh, Two Wheel Tuesdays. I remember that. And I, and I watched this series called MotoGP. And I've always liked motorcycles. I've always liked motorcycles. But I had a motorcycle when I was uh, eight years old. My dad got me a Z50. And, man, I had a headlight on it. And I cracked the headlight because I, I had a crash, whatever. And I, I just remember riding the hell out of that thing. And I wanted to get a 125. And anyway, my parents got split up. And then I started doing comedy. And I never got back to getting a motorcycle. The good part about moving back to Indy, moving to Indy, was I got a chance to buy so LA was great but that hustle man and things weren't happening for me and and I and I had just enough money I saved up and I got me a motorcycle and I was watching MotoGP and I was like what is this series and that's where the love affair started and MotoGP if you don't know it's like the Formula One of motorcycle racing that's been the love of my life like I've been to Europe to watch these guys race and it's weird because when I go to Europe and I don't and I don't do it right that's why I wish I kind of had a girlfriend because girlfriends help you like do stuff you don't want to do which 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 you should do though because it's like i'm so one side i go for the motorcycle races and that's it like i went to spain i've been to spain five six times i don't go look at the city all i care about is racetrack hotel eats and maybe after party that's all i care about and i was in germany and this girl was i was in the deutschland i was in the deutschland in east germany in the deutschland and she goes bt you should go look at this, this part of the city. You got to, you know, experience it. And I was like, I don't give a shit who built this motherfucker. I mean, for the motorcycle racing. But I was like, okay. So I went and explored the city, and she was so right. But this is the funny thing about it. I went to Germany. I was in Dresden, Germany. And I went to a restaurant. I said, okay. So I went to this restaurant, and my waiter was from Columbus, Ohio. I mean, how funny is that? I'm in Germany, and my waiter's from Columbus, Ohio. Anyway, because he met a girl from Germany. And that's what the German girls do. I don't know why. I love German women. And he met this German girl. And he went to he went to Germany. He didn't move over to the United States. He went to Germany. That's like, that's love right there. So he became a waiter so he could learn the language. And um, so and I I found a Mexican restaurant in Germany. It, isn't that great? I mean, talk about a wall. I mean, how do you get over that wall? They went to they went in and I had so I go I gotta go to this. I gotta get me I, I gotta get me a taco in Germany. Who eats a taco in Germany? But I went to a Mexican restaurant in Germany in Dresden, Germany. I was like, oh, this ought to be great. And I mean, damn, it was good. It was good. That was good. It was good. But I had me a, a, a Mexican restaurant in Germany. But then I started going, realizing, man, I got to start seeing the city. You know what I mean? So, so then finally I started kind of exploring city. Instead of just going there for the racetracks, being so monolithic, I, I saw, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start exploring. I know I'm going to get there. I'm going to go to the track on the first day. And after that, I'm going to explore the city. And that's worked for me. So it's, it's hurting me not to watch motorcycle racing also. The, all the sports being done, that's hurting me big. I, I think it's hurting everybody big time because now what's your entertainment? Like I said, entertainment is it's Netflix or Apple TV. That's all we got. So Or, or, or Hulu or all, the, or all those channels, basically, what I'm trying to say. So, But here's what's making me mad is that we all got to get through this together. And trust me, I'm at this age of my life now where it's kind of funny how I think the election, I really think the election has separate. And first of all, let's get this straight. We really weren't like bosom buddies beforehand. You know, like, oh, don't you think this country is more divided than it's ever been? Hey, we've always been divided. I mean, let's just be honest here. We've always been, we've always kind of self-segregated ourselves. We've always kind of been divided. But it's like, it, it does kind of seem more divided than that. But I think what's kind of funny, is you watch comics get on stage and they go, you know, don't you think we need to come together as a country? And there's a silence in the audience that makes me laugh because everybody's like, nah, nah, we're good. We're good. I mean, I think the battle lines have been drawn, and I kind of like that personally. But anyway, um, so all the sports, the one that makes sports makes me mad is is the UFC acts like they have to get these fights on, and so they're going to go to an island and fight. Dana White says he's purchased an island, he's going to fly fighters in, and they're going to fight on an island, which I think is like, I mean, they're going to own the moment, but is it really that worth it to fight? I mean, re I mean, we need to ride this out. I think Americans are so... Uh, 
I don't know. I'm not in another country right now, so I don't know. But I think Americans are so like, this is kind of bullshit that we have to alter our, our way of life. People are dying. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's bullshit. I mean, I think it's just it's just a flu. <coughs> I don't feel so well. It, it, just, just ride it out, man. Ride this out so we can all come together toward the end. And hopefully in about six months, we can all laugh at this. But it, it, like I said, I think it's going to be a while before we get through this. So, but I, I think sports, sports-wise, in the NFL, they're still going to have their draft. They're going to do it on Zoom or whatever. That's where I think it's going to be funny because those guys are those guys are setting their ways too. The NFL dudes, they're they're old school. Like you got to eat a steak, you got to get big through steak and meat and potatoes. Where Tom Brady's like, oh, no, you don't. I have a plant-based diet, and I'm the greatest quarterback in the world. So I think maybe you should change your approach to things. I don't lift weights because, well, weights, they, they tighten your, your muscles and, and you have more chance of energy. That's why I work with bands. Maybe you should too. And I, I think it's good. So I think Tom Brady's changing the way people think about uh, sports. They're like old school. Football's very old school. They say what they say, but come on, man. They're old school. Like, oh, you got to eat a steak and go bench press. I think it's kind of bullshit personally. I think, and I think I love Tom Brady's approach. I just went to his website about training and everything. So, Hopefully the NFL does right, but they're they're not gonna have a big draft. They're gonna do it all basically on Zoom or Skype or whatever they're gonna do it in. And so, I understand the NFLs. The, the draft is cool. I understand that. But as far as like the UFC, I don't. Why do you have to have a fight like that? Just wait it out, bros. I mean, we're all suffering here, so I don't understand. Except for people who are charging us for like rent, and I gotta pay Sprint, and everybody wants their bills paid. The bill, the bill collectors, they can they're they're still wanting their money, and people aren't working, which I think is wrong. So, I don't know. I have a whole thing on that. I, I think it's kind of bullshit, personally. Like, you know I don't have it, so why are you asking for it? I mean, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, how, what do you think about that, Wyatt? About what? Uh, bill collector still hassle, hassle, hassling you for, for the bills, and you, don't, and you don't really, you know, you're kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not really working right now, and I'm waiting on this check to come in. Right. But what if your credit score goes down? I mean, everybody's basically everybody's living like a stand-up comic, basically. Yeah, everybody's gonna have a, a 500 credit score. Yeah. They're gonna be living like stand-up comics. Like, aha, now you know what I went through for the last 20 years. It is a tough situation, but hey, but anyway, listen, don't hoard the toilet paper if you don't. Don't be an asshole. Don't hoard the toilet paper, okay? I hate when people do that. Don't don't bunch by like that. Cause I went there. Luckily, I'm good like that. So don't hoard the toilet paper. Hey, you know what's great, though? I don't want to brag having a plant-based diet, but when I went through, when I went to the grocery store, everybody was, you know, kind of panicking or whatever. And don't get me wrong. We didn't really panic here. I don't know about you, but I don't I didn't say it's panic, but it was bulk buying. People bought a lot of toilet paper, but... Like, all the stuff I eat, like spinach and, and fruit, those were in abundance. I mean, people ate shitty food, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I can't find potato chips. I can't, I can't find Coca-Cola. Yeah, you couldn't find that, but I could find water. I could find, like, spinach. I could find, like, all the stuff I like. Because I make, here's, here's what I do. I wake up and I make a smoothie, right? I mean, and I put all the good stuff in it. I put fruits. I put, like, spinach or kale. That's the only time I eat kale is in a smoothie. I put that in there. And I, I can find all my stuff. I have not had a hard time finding any of my stuff. I had, I beyond meat burgers. I, is that a sponsorship? The kind of plug? Well, I don't know. I don't think I want me to do them anyway. But I eat beyond meat products. Those are my favorite products. I eat them. And so I, I didn't have a problem finding that. So um, anyway. Yeah, I didn't have a problem finding. So I don't know. I'm eating better. I, I I didn't have a problem with the toilet paper either, even though toilet paper was out across. How did people decide to get toilet paper? Usually, when a disaster hits, people go milk. People go milk, food, uh, maybe water, but usually it's milk. I don't know what it is with milk with people. And but I've never, for the first time in my life, I've never seen toilet paper get this man. I've never seen people go after the toilet paper. What was that about? Yeah, like monkey see, monkey do. Like, oh, man, if I don't want to be stuck in my house with it. Well, I, need, well, I need toilet paper. I mean, that made no sense at all. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm going to keep going. Trust me. I got a lot to say. No, I don't want to make this weird. But, yeah, I have a lot to say. I, I knew I would get there, maybe. I knew I would, you know. And I'm by myself, basically. I just talk by myself without even you here. Maybe I'll have a guest next time, maybe. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, maybe. You think so? 
I don't know. It's kind of cool to where, if you can't see the studio, I can see the Market Street here in Indianapolis. People are biking by, which they normally wouldn't have done during the, I mean, when if it was normal. So it's kind of cool to see people biking by and, and uh, hot chicks. Can I say that, I guess? Hot chicks jogging by, which is why sometimes I, I, I lost my focus. And that was that was one of the reasons I lost my focus in L.A. I, I go, I got to get this great set. And then there'd be a hot chick in the audience, and she would like be nice to me. And I go, oh, man. And that's why I've never been successful. Seriously, hot chicks throw me off every time, and I should have known it. And that's why I'm here in Indianapolis. Not that's not a slight against Indianapolis. I like I like this city. It's a racing city. I like the city. But yeah, that's the reason why. But honestly, there's not a day goes by that I don't. There's not, and people say this like, as you know, hey, not a day goes by, and but I can honestly say not a day goes by that I don't think about moving back to LA every every day at least five or six times a day i think about moving back to uh moving back to la i just love the west coast and i loved la and i always blame i always blame myself i blame my in life blame yourself for your for what's going on in your life because it's uh, it all starts and ends with you it all starts and ends with you you can't blame anybody and i tell people all the time i'm not bitter at comedy i watch some comics now and i go they got a special huh uh, and they got a big following huh and you go mm, okay okay but good for them. I always say, if, even if I don't like a comic, because there's some comics I don't like, just don't like as a person, but I want them to do well. But sometimes you go, ah, oh, they got a following, huh? You go, okay, what am I doing wrong? I've been doing comedy so many years, I never had really a fan, fan, fan base where people come and see me. You know what I mean? Like I'll say, hey, I'm coming to your town. And they go, oh, man, I got a babysit. It's, it's whatever. And I go, okay. You know, it's always some kind of excuse, but still, you get still that same person will go see Kevin Hart. If Kevin Hart comes down with tickets that are $100, well, you can come see me if, for free if you get a half a tank of gas at Speedway. I mean, that's just kind of comic I am. I know what I am now in this business, you know, so it's not that I'm not going to give my best. It's just it is what it is. So then that's why I'm doing this right here because I'm mean, honestly, I, I always, always thought about this and I think it's one of, and I believe I'm a firm believer in fate, fate, and everything. Also, faith too. Not to get like you know preachy, because anybody knows me. I'm not. I'm not preachy. I'm not. I'm never gonna you know throw Jesus in your face. Like you need to learn about Jesus. You know, am I in jail? No. What well, I don't, don't want to hear about Jesus. But uh, it's all about faith and fate. So I believe it was fate that I came here to do that show, uh, Gaze of Our Lives, with my friend Lisa Sears. And then I met Wyatt, and he said, "Hey man, you might want to think about doing this." And I go, "Okay." And we talked, and he, I know he was serious about it, and I was serious about it, and and now here we are doing the first episode. And I know I'm all over the place, and I know you people are going, "Man, what is up with this dude?" But stick with me. I'm gonna try to, and and you know, offer suggestions. I can take criticism. I'm not like a hot chick. Like you know what? I think your problem is. You go, "What is my problem?" And they get mad, you know, and they can't take criticism. I can take criticism big time. I've always have. And and and, and sometimes you gotta listen to what people say. A perfect example of that was when I was when I was doing comedy, I was living out of my car, living the dream. I was like 23, 22, 23, living the dream. I just living out of my car doing comedy, going from gig to gig to gig. And I was, I remember it was my ex-girlfriend, and we were uh, having pillow talk, if you know what I mean. And she goes, you know what? You're the perfect short-term boyfriend. She goes, you come into town, you make me laugh, we have great sex, you take me out to eat. She goes, but in the long term, you ain't worth a shit. And the only thing I could really say to that was, but the sex was good, right? So sometimes you got to listen to what people say, hey, two out of three ain't bad. So I go, okay. And that's haunting me forever, but it's kind of who I, I say am. I'm not always trying to get better. I think I'm better as a person now, but yeah. You know, she was kind of right, and I've been trying, and, and ever since then, that is stuck in my head. It's kind of true. I'm a true Gemini, where you got to be like, you know, juggling, but at the same time, you got to be hot. And basically, you got to be naked, juggling. If you're a woman, that is. No offense. I mean, I'm, I'm everybody. I'm everybody. You're gay, straight, uh, trans, man. I'd love everybody if you're cool with me. But you know, but for me, right? If you're a woman and you got to be like hot, but juggling and then tell me jokes or be funny at the same time, then I'm like. I like this chick, you know what I mean? And then I'm in then I'll stay with you until I get bored. And that's just how I am. I know it's bad, but that's just who I am as a person. So anyway, that's fine. That's like the first episode. This is weird, man. I, I hope it comes off um I hope this comes off good. I really do. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't say I'm banking on this, but this is something I'm liking this already from the moment we start uh, first start doing it when I heard the the music pumping in my headphones like, oh, cuz that 80s rock, man. Or just rock and roll period is what I grew up with. So I hope everybody digs this. Give me some criticism, whatever, what you think. Maybe I should be more focused. I mean, I am focused. Maybe I should be more this, more that. Just give me some criticism. I mean, I have no problem going, eh, no. 
eh, fuck off. I have no problem saying that. But, uh, but if you're right, I go, you know what, you're right. So anyway, this is my first one with uh, Wave One Media. It's my first, uh, he didn't like me to say podcast, vodcast, but it's my first, uh, my first show with uh, Wave One Media. And uh, I had a great time, honestly. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing me rambling. Um, I hope I covered everything I wanted to cover. I covered Ozark. Um, my favorite sport, MotoGP, which is uh, like any other sport, it's being, they don't know when they're going to start. And, but they said something that no other sport has said, and I had to, get, I had to write this down. It, the, the head of the organization, uh, Carmelo Esbalita, he said this. He goes, you know, may, we're contracted for 13 races, but if we can't have them, hey, we won't have them. But if we can get 10 races in, that would be great. But if we can't, let's do this for humanity. He basically said, we want humanity to prosper first before we get to races. That's the most important part is humanity. I haven't heard that from anybody. That's the first time I heard that. And, and I've been watching a lot of TV. It's kind of, it gets me, it gets me in a mood watching all this coronavirus stuff. But when he said, let's hope humanity survives first. And then we'll worry about the races, man, to me, that's what nails it. I mean, obviously everybody has their differences, but man, when humanity comes back, when we get to back to a hustle and bustle, I hope we remember what it, what this was like. I hope we remember what this virus did to us and how we were separated and the money was tight and everybody was trying to put on their best faces, put their best foot forward. So take it, take this virus serious and just remember it's about humanity first and then we're about the sports and everything else. So anyway, I had to get that in, man. I just thought that was, that nailed it, man. I mean, I love sports, but man, it's about humanity. It's about that's what it's about. So anyway, hope everybody liked that. Hope everybody liked this first show. And um, oh my God, I didn't even talk about the movies. Oh my God. Okay, that's for next. That's for the next episode. Movies. I, I love movies. Uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna try to get this in the subject. We're gonna get. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to divide this up into comedy, movies, movie slash. That's what like Netflix or whatever. We'll go under uh, and sports. I'm gonna try to get that. And I'm gonna try to steer away from politics because that really yeah, politics it it'll go a different way. I don't want it to go. So, and anything else, I don't have no problem talking to, uh, about religion or whatever. Who knows? Maybe I'll have a, a preacher on. That ain't happening. Maybe I'll have a preacher on and we'll talk about. It. But but don't go to Easter service. Uh, please don't go there. I think that's the most insane shit in the world. I heard people still want to go to church. Hey, all right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. In the Bible, didn't it say uh, God's everywhere? So Jesus can't Facetime. I mean, let's be honest here. So he knows your heart. So just go online, Zoom, Zoom, a, 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 what do you call it? A sermon, whatever. Read your Bible. Have Bible study at home. I mean, if you're homeschooling your kids, you can home Sunday school your kids, right? I mean, you can home Sunday school them. I mean, read the Bible together. If kids got questions, answer them. I mean, seriously, I mean, why, why put it on somebody else to preach to you about something? And if you believe, get a Bible where you get your kids and have a little group uh, prayer circle, whatever, but stand six feet apart. You don't want your kid to give me something. You want to get you, give your kid something. So FaceTime it. Go to Easter service. And let's be honest here, man. It's Easter. It's some of you people, you, this is going to be your first time going to church in a long time, probably since last Easter. Let's be honest. That's why, honestly, I just skipped the whole thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would, if I walked into church now, Jesus would be like, come on, man, who are you fooling? I saw what you did last night. Come on, man, really? Pornhub and YouTube? I mean, you got a problem. So it's like, you know who you are. And you know what's in your heart. And read a Bible, whatever. That'll be Easter service. We got to get this, this, do this thing together so we can all get back to work and bring this economy up. And hopefully, like my dad said, be better people. It's all about humanity. All right. So then anyway, that's it right there. And I hope, man, I know it's going to be bumble jumble, me going everywhere. But like I said, that's me in this brain. That's what I'm dealing with. So I give it off to you people anyway. So that's the first episode of Tales from the Gemini with BT. Hope you guys like it. Uh, give some feedback. Follow me on my YouTube. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram page is funnyman6869. That's funnyman6869, funnyman6869. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. Be safe. Thank you.